Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Hello there, folks. I'm Tom Mayer. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where usually I team up with Ms. Molly Wood to analyze the hottest trends, happenings, and things that are a thing in the world. But sadly, this week, she's in a bouncy castle or a bouncy castle adjacent. She's got family stuff going on. Uh, so thankfully, our producer, Rich Straffolino, was willing to uh, step right in and uh, get up to the plate and make some baseball cliches. How's it going, Rich? There are no bouncy castles by me. I am not so constrained, and I'm happy to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for for producing the show every week uh, and being willing uh, to to step in like this. Uh, we're we're gonna have fun. We've we've got some rich things, some full on rich things uh, to bring you. Th- those are things from rich. Are they, are they also <laughs> wealthy? Uh, depending. Um, I, I mean, yes. I think both of them. I can make a rich angle about them to justify their their adjacentness to my name sure why not uh yes i can i can make it work well uh then let's get right into them and and guests guest hosts first yes so first up this was something that i'd I'd kind of been seeing you know in a in a different context that but there was recently the little mermaid live performance on abc this past week not well received by many people I, my big problem with that is it, it felt like a weird YouTube fan edit in, in a weird way, like, <laughs> okay. like someone, like a, like a bootleg of someone recording a live performance, which otherwise would be fine. Uh-huh. But then they intercut like the rest of the movie with it. Mm. It was, it was a, a bizarre conceit compared to the other ones. So I'm not, I'm not sure what that was all about. Um, but no, so my, my thing is mermaids are a thing. And let, like this first started out with, I was um, looking around for some uh, like a photo- local photographer to do photos of the kids for their first and second birthdays. And um, <laughs> my wife is now telling me, don't put down Disney. I was fine, honey. I'm not <laughs> it wasn't bad. I, that's all I'm saying. But anyway, so I was looking for a local photographer uh, to uh, do some photos of the kids. Ended up doing a bunch of research. And what you do now, I guess, is you just follow people on Instagram is like how you find photographers. Um, that's, that's just how everyone. Way. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's, how everybody that's a sub does thing, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely. And there were um, a bunch of them uh, that I still follow that I just end up like I just like their styles. Sometimes they just shoot all families, but most of the times they have cool photos in their feeds. And so I'm like, oh, my Instagram's now more beautiful. And I noticed that a number of them were posting like uh, usually it's young girls uh, doing like like t- like tween kind of girls doing mermaid photo shoots, which was like kind of its own thing and then seeing the the interest or the revulsion of the little mermaid thing kind of brought it uh front of mind um and i just i don't know like going around target i'm seeing a lot of like mermaid gear going on i don't know if it has to do with like the 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 shimmery spark or the um or what are those called we talked about them on the show before those um those like reversible sequins that are all over the place too. Oh, right. But yeah, yeah I've, I've just been like the, the mermaid photo shoot and then also just mermaids in general being a thing. It was just really coming out to me. 
Yeah, mermaids, uh, I can report from my three-year-old, well, you know, within a week to be three-year-old niece, uh, <laughs> have taken over unicorns in her personal thingdom. Uh, wow. Unicorns were the entire world when I saw her mere, you know, month and a half ago. Now... It's mermaids. Uh, wanted to be a mermaid for Halloween. Once her unicorn-themed birthday party that has been planned for months to now become a mermaid birthday party, to which her mom <laughs> said, too bad you get a unicorn birthday party. Uh, but mermaids, it's all about mermaids. And I think a lot of it has to do with the live-action Little Mermaid that is on the way. This is different than the live <laughs> Little Mermaid that Rich was just talking about. We're talking about a movie from Disney that's coming uh, versus the the sort of weird live stage performance uh that was done on live television recently some of those are great i thought the grease live that that fox did was fantastic uh and i thought the peter pan one had its moments although it also had its really bad moments um so so i'm not against the whole idea of the live tv show thing but but nevertheless mermaids are definitely uh starting to to hit hit peak thing i i i i can uh i can back that up i can back your play on this yeah. And I'm just wondering, though, I mean, maybe it's just because I live near a large body of water. So it's it's like easy to like, hey, put down this costume, sit by a rock by a lake and we have this very scenic photo or something like that. So I, I'm curious if if the mermaid photo shoot extends uh, kind of further, you know, doing some Googling. I didn't see the, you know, the canonical BuzzFeed article like like sanctioning this as a thing. But there were like endless Pinterest lists of yeah. the 120 best uh, uh you know, uh, mermaid photos from 2019 or something like that. So I feel like there's, you know, this is something that's catching on maybe with the, the tweens or something like that. Maybe it's as a result of, you know, parents sharing their nineties nostalgia for the original little mermaid, or, you know, maybe just people want some escapism. I would suggest for your niece though, perhaps a, uh, a mer unicorn party is the compromise that wins that everybody's happy with. A mernicorn. A mernicorn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's up to her mom. I'm I, I ain't stepping <laughs> in on that one. Oh, you don't want to step into the 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 hellscape that is child party plan between a mermaid and a unicorn. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not going to bring bring Winnie the Pooh to a mermaid unicorn fight. Yeah, that or some, uh, or some <laughs> some metaphor like that. <laughs> Uh, actually, what we're bringing is uh, a little bit of Frozen. What so so what we were we were texting madly uh, with the niece's mom, uh, and we we found a a Little Mermaid oriented gift that we think uh, will be very good. I, I don't think June listens to the podcast, so I think it's safe to say that without spoiling the gift. Uh, <laughs> and the second gift is Frozen oriented. Okay, and the plan is. When she's tired of mermaids, which could also happen by her birthday next week, who knows? Uh, but when she's tired of mermaids, she'll be going to her first in-theater movie experience to see Frozen 2. I'm guessing she's going to be all about Frozen as soon as that happens. And old Aunt and Uncle Tom, uh, Aunt Eileen and Uncle Tom will have pre-populated her world with a Frozen item that she can immediately gain new appreciation for. So it's kind of a... A long bomb. So, so I would look for the frozen stuff to to start to spike as well. But you're right, mermaids is it's more than just the advanced publicity for Little Mermaid movie because that's not even in full swing yet. That's weird. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't put it past Disney to put something subliminal into my Instagram feed to make me vaguely want to go see this movie. I would otherwise be disappointed. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Although rewatching one, seeing uh, Shaggy as Sebastian, yeah, um, was. Like and and like very clearly he was like in in the contract was like listen choreography don't do it 
I'm Shaggy. Um, but but also just um, seeing the animation well, the for choreographer that, I, had it in his contract. Yeah. <laughs> will not try to choreograph choreograph Shaggy. It, seeing the animation for that, I hadn't seen like the Little Mermaid of like the Disney Renaissance movies is probably the ones I've seen the least as an adult. And I kind of forgot with Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and, and those later ones that they integrated more computer generated elements into the animation. And that one is just like pure animated. And it it really has a distinct look. I thought it was really interesting. Well, uh, mine is going to be a little bit of a follow up to last week's. Uh, if you listen to the bonus show, I think I did mention canned wine at some point uh but i I definitely want to make that uh on on the record thing uh (laughs) i've I've put a uh, photo in the discord of my local grocery store it's a ralph's grocery store if you know kroger kroger owns ralph's it's kind of the same thing uh and they just have a whole section of canned wine not only the boxes that you know you can get multiple cans of wine but also uh just single items you could just buy like one thing of wine and and what got me is yes some of it is questionable brands of wine where you're like oh it's in a can but also cupcake which is a very popular mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh brand of wine buttercup uh is in here underwood is in here what else did i see i thought i thought I, i'm looking at my picture and I'm, I'm missing another one but yeah there is a lot of like high quality canned wine well- well, and it's funny because the the picture, the cans are right above the Franzia, which I think everyone like <laughs> 10 years ago would just equate canned wine. OK, it's right. You know, yeah. bulk jug wine or something totally. like that. But yeah, definitely seen that changing. Do you think this has any diff, like impact with the changes in canning technology? Because I've heard that's had a big impact while you're seeing more micro brews go to cans as opposed to bottles. So I'm wondering if that's the same thing with wine. I don't know. I, I, the, I, I know there's a sort of uh, apocryphal possibly story that when cans first came along, canned beer was considered to be more of a luxury than bottled beer because canned was cans were new. But then it, mm-hmm. over time, cans became the cheap way to have your beer and bottles were considered better because the glass didn't affect the taste of the beer somehow. So I don't know if can technology has gotten better or if it's just kind of a, a swing of culture of like, Oh, you know, let's not be mad at cans anymore for being cans. Well, and also I, I think maybe it's a democratization of, like wine drinking not being seen as something that's fancy um you know this is something you you just have when you want to kick back or you want to just bring to a party you just want you know the equivalent of a glass although i don't think 12 ounces is (laughs) should be considered anyone's single glass of wine or something yeah Yeah. (laughs) at least that's the only problem i see with it i could see like those eight ounce um like you know those little tiny cans that they have in hospitals uh like i could see those being like the next step of this right where that's that's vaguely single serving ish of wine. Like it's a, that's a heavy serving, but and not I've quite seen like those size of bottles of like Behringer and stuff like that. So that exists, but not, a, I haven't seen it as a can yet. I've only seen it as a plastic bottle. That's, that's super interesting though, to see like that kind of, again, those brands that, uh, you know, they're not like, like, like the $50 bottle of wine, but like those are considered like respectable wines to bring to, you know, a dinner party or something like that. You're not going to get, you know, looks for bringing cupcake Riesling or something like that to a, yeah. to a dinner. If party I bring a bottle of cupcake, nobody's going to blink. If I bring cans of cupcake, what is that? Are mm-hmm. they, will they blink? They'll still drink it, but they'll blink. I'm going to be honest. The whole, like, I'm, I'm so happy for this because the whole cork situation with wine mm. is just aggravation because I'll, I'll be honest, like 
let's say 95% of the time, no problem with the cork. But that 5% of the time Mm -hmm. is a memory that someone will have that is a, that is a social disaster (laughs) for years to come, whether it's having to break the, you know, you break the cork or, you know, whatever. And I know screw top wines, like the stigma on those has really gone down too. I was going to say, can wine see, does seem to be somewhat of an outgrowth of the end of the stigma against screw top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I th- and, and again, I think it's like people don't see drinking wine as necessarily as fancy anymore. It's like, you know, kind of come down to I'm going to, you know, put on my sweatpants and, you know, just have a, a glass of Riesling or, uh, um, uh, you know, whatever you want um, to, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, just kind for, of unwind. for the people whose socks say, if you can read this, I need more wine on the bottom. <laughs> uh, canned wine's perfectly acceptable, I'm sure. Uh, and as at Porter points out, cans are much cheaper to transport, much more durable uh, as mm. well. Yeah, less breakage. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But less weight. Yeah. The, the the question is though is when you get the canned wine, um, one you don't quite have the same ability to preserve it. You know, like with the bottle of wine, of course, you can just kind of stick the cork back in and you kind of get a couple of days out of that. But the you know w- with the can one, there's the okay, there's nothing to reseal it with. But two also. I can accept the canned wine. I don't know if I want to be drinking out of a can of wine. Like I still feel like a glass is the appropriate way to do that. I also don't judge you if you drink straight out of the can, but definitely, definitely you want a glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's kind of the equivalent of drinking straight out of the bottle. It's like, okay. You yeah, know, you could do I it. Mean, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a time and a place for that, but it's not the, uh, it's, it's, it's a rebellious stroke, not a, not a mainstream stroke. Yeah. Well, one of the things you might need a can of wine for is if your kids are into Blippi, uh, which is if you're not familiar with this, if you don't have children, you don't know about Blippi. You're in you're you're a happy person probably, and your life is <laughs> is probably filled with other things to distract you. But Blippi is like it's really interesting to me. So, um, if anyone doesn't know, I have two small kids, a one and a two year old. So, you know, we're we're kind of into the we're starting to get into like the Sesame Street realm. It's usually like in terms of like video entertainment, that's Happy usually the 50th anniversary Sesame street, by the way. Since oh, it was it. delightful. We watched their tiny desk concert and my children were delighted by it. Um, but, uh, you know, so we're, so we're into that world, but you know, we're, we're kind of getting familiar with all the stuff. I was, when you guys were mentioning PJ masks, my son has a bunch of those pajamas, even though he doesn't watch the show. Um, we know there's Paw Patrol out there. We know there's, you know, a bunch of like kids entertainment, but Blippy is interesting to me. Um, because this is to me, at least this is kind of the first, um, like children's entertainment, you know, where a lot of it used to be coming from PBS or that kind of spirit. This is the first one that's like YouTube native and being built out into not just something that's like, oh, it's just some random thing for my kid to watch. Like this is a huge viral success. So to kind of give the story and not that of there this, aren't a bunch of other viral successes, but you're saying yeah. Blippi is Blippi is rising above and beyond even the existing YouTube kid. Yeah. And, and where, where I kind of first came across this was I went to, um, my cousin's kids. So I guess my second cousin, whatever, um, they, you know, it was a, a a three and a a six year old were having a party and they were all dressed up. It was like a costume party and they were all dressed up as characters from Blippi. And I was, and I had never heard of it before. I was like, Oh, what's, what's, what's all this about and looking into it. So, 
Uh, Blippy is like the stage name, I guess, for Stephen John. And the channel has over like 4 billion views. If you look at, um, I'll, I'll have it in the show notes, um, the Blippy channel, like it's not uncommon for his videos to have 12 million, 7 point, you know, 7 million, 28 million views on any given video. And he kind of takes on this very childlike persona. You know, he has this very, he has a very distinctive look. He wears orange glasses, you know, uh, uh, wears a weird beanie, wears a bright blue shirt. No, I thought it was and, a hairnet, but I guess you're right. Yeah. It's, a beanie. <laughs> it's an orange beanie. And that's what, that's what kind of stood out to me. And it, I, like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be all about blippy, I guess when my kids get into more watching more video and stuff, because he does have like this very childlike persona as opposed to like a Mr. Rogers or something like that, where it's, it's very clearly like the perspective of an adult talking to children or something like that. Um, but, uh, what's, what's really interesting to me is this has been going, I think since 2014, it's like fairly, you know, it's, it's not like he's been doing this for all the, I guess that's five years. So that is a quite a little bit of time, but to get this kind of following, I think is really impressive. But two, um, that's the, the guy behind Blippy, um, also ha- like used to have a career or try to do like gross out videos on YouTube, kind of like a Bob Saget situation where, you know, he's most famous for the super squeaky clean thing, but then has this like kind of weird YouTube history to go down to. And he was under the stage name of, uh, steezy Grossman, like, and it's like really raunchy, uh, stuff and stuff like that. So it's very curious to see that pivot in a year going to the squeaky clean kids entertainment, uh, from this kind of, uh, you know, more ribald start, shall we say. This reminds me, speaking of the Sesame street 50th anniversary of the state of children's television before Sesame street and Mr. Rogers came along. Mm -hmm. In -hmm. fact, Sesame street and Mr. Rogers were pretty much, uh, a, a, a sort of, uh, reaction to the fact that children's television was all thought to be a wasteland, a la Blippy. Now I don't. I haven't seen Blippy's show. I, I shouldn't, you know, try to judge Blippy. But your description right now made it sound a little like like the soupy sales kind of children's <laughs> television of the fifties and sixties, right? And and they a lot of those uh, children's television stars had passed where they had done like you know stand up that was blue or you know mm-hmm, not exactly mm-hmm. the same as you know taking a poop on your friend or, or something yeah like, like it, it's, it's like weird poop humor yeah, in like but, his early stuff but they had a background that was weird in light of their later children's television success and sesame street came along and said well what if we actually tried to teach children and improve them <laughs> and mr rogers came along and said well what if we actually tried to you know treat children like humans and and listen to them and talk to them on their you know on a level they can understand and and so i wonder what this makes me wonder is as as popular as blippy is right now are we going to have that same thing happen on youtube is you know as as dumb as you may think youtube is and as much as you might scoff at the idea remember that people in the 60s scoffed at the idea that television could be educational for children too yeah. Oh, and for sure, like that's that's kind of the I mean, we, we've seen this with all of, like the YouTube kids controversy of like weird, you know, content that people have engineered just to show up in SEO and stuff like that, like the dark side of that. But I also think because it's this infinitely publishable platform that anyone can kind of go on. I mean, that's kind of where he originated from. You know, he was editing and, and doing all these videos um, on his own initially. And now he has this huge he has a production house and he puts out DVDs and, you know, he has partnerships with all sorts of brands and stuff like that. But because anyone can do that now, whether we'll see the viral success of that, but I, I mean, I guarantee there's all sorts of educational content. Again, it's kind of the, uh, the signal from the noise issue that's, you know, constant on YouTube. What I also think is interesting though, is 
because like the the blippy brand is so strong that he's starting to now uh he just organized his first tour and i saw my cousin was was kind of complaining about this and i guess this was a little bit of a controversy that he like the 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 actual blippy persona from the videos isn't doing the tour he's hiring you know someone to to play the blippy character on the tour so the persona is doing the tour yes steven john is not doing the tour Yes, which so he, I guess so. The, the person who plays Blippy on the videos will not play Blippy on the tour. This is yes. This, okay. this uh, seems to be the case. Now we have in Northeast Ohio, we have like a like a it's like a Mister Rogers, um, uh, you know, the make believe land kind of attraction you can go to, and you can see all the puppets and stuff like that that are you know they, they do performances and stuff like that. Now, like to, I was thinking about this, like. As a child, that made no difference to me whether that was actually Mr. Right. Rogers or something like that interacting. Or so Disneyland, I'm, even. You go there yeah, and exactly, you meet exactly. Marvel characters and, and Frozen and, and characters and, and all the you know, real human characters. I'm not talking about Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, which you could also meet. But you meet these characters and they're not played by the actors who played them in the movie, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, for most, like, you know, you go to Disney on ice, you go to Ninja Turtles right. live or whatever you have, like virtually no, there's no instance, but because I think it's because it's YouTube and people and so get like that personal. weird sense of like not ownership, but obligation or per, like personal relationship, yeah. maybe in a weird way. I think there's a different expectation and you're seeing that in a little bit of this outrage. Again, the tour is still going on. People, It's still probably going to do extremely well because parents want to make their kids happy the parents might be mad but the kids don't care is, yeah the yeah. kids aren't going to care at all and the parents will pony up if they whine enough i'm sure um so but but i thought that that outrage was interesting in light of the youtube angle with it yeah that's interesting that is really interesting especially because we'll, we'll see if he can get away with this i would have thought he would need to at least do some live appearances himself and then say, oh, but we, we can't, you know, hit all the places we'd like. There's there's only so much of me. So we're going to have, you know, more blippies out there. Uh, instead, he cut <laughs> right to the chase. It was like, hell blippies, no. I ain't going blippies on. little helpers. Yeah. Well, and maybe he's not good live. You know, that's the other thing. Not not everybody's good live. Uh, he might this be the greatest true. blippy ever because of editing. Uh, and that's and I'm not trying to, to criticize. <laughs> it's just that's true of many of your favorite Oscar winning actors can't do live. Watch them present Blip- an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> blippy was made in the edit, just like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm going to finish with uh, something. First of all, I'll be going to Japan in December. I will be, you know what? I just had this idea while we were doing the show right now. We'll have to run it by Molly, but I think I want to send recorded things from Japan to kind of help fill the gap because you know I'm going to run into things (laughs) in Japan. Uh, West Bay Stars already uh, pointing out sparkling Pepsi from Japan in our Discord right before the show. So there's going to be some cool stuff there. But one of the things that my wife found when we were researching stuff to do when we're there uh was in yokohama uh home of the bay stars uh egg coffee place that's that's very famous and she's like i want to i want to go check this out this place so i'm i ask her what is egg coffee she's like i don't know so we looked it up (laughs) uh egg coffee is a vietnamese drink uh traditionally prepared with egg yolks sugar condensed milk and robusta coffee the drink is made by beating egg yolks with sugar and coffee, then extracting the coffee into the half of the cup, followed by a similar amount of egg cream, egg yolks, which are heated and beaten or whisked. Now, the legendary reason for this is that after the Vietnam War, post-1975, fresh milk and even condensed milk were so scarce 
that places started using whisked egg yolk as a replacement for cream and coffee, and it just kind of caught on. Yeah. Wow. That is again, like your your first instinct as someone who doesn't ordinarily have egg yolks in their coffee is, ugh, but I don't know. Like if an entire country's in on it, I I'm super curious as to you know like I don't even know like how that changes the texture, how that changes. You know, I mean, I, I know the condensed milk obviously will lend a certain set of sweetness, and I know Vietnamese coffee in general, you know, is real heavy on the condensed milk. So I'm I'm interested what kind of flavor that would give. I mean, that's like not going to make you like sick, right? <laughs> I hope not, right? No, I mean, uh, well, I mean, sure. If the eggs have salmonella, that that's yeah, not a good well, thing. yeah. <laughs> but uh, most places in the world aren't as worried about egg yolks as. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illinois or other places in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I say Illinois because I grew up there and I remember when they banned serving sunny side eggs and people were up in arms because uh, of the salmonella scare. But those yeah, savages, I mean, it's it's certainly something to think about, but mm-hmm. it's not apparently a widespread problem. Uh, how about this, though? The Jang Cafe in Hanoi is mm-hmm. the famous place for serving the drink. And I think if I have it right, the one in Yokohama is a branch. It's a Jang Cafe just in, in Japan. Uh, it makes its egg coffee with chicken egg yolk, coffee powder, condensed milk, and optionally, cheese. So they're making an omelet with coffee, <laughs> I think, at that point. Does that make it better for you? Yes, they, I, are, like they a, aren't cooking the coffee egg, omelet. Though. I'm more on board with than whatever that is. So you would like your egg coffee fried? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh absolutely, absolutely. And you know, just a little mozzarella, it'd be mm, <laughs> so good, delicious. Now you pour in some hot sauce on it. Now we're talking. Yeah, uh, at Porter points out, it's really not that much different than egg dog, honestly. It, it's really just the it's see. I feel like egg coffee could be like the like the have the carrot cake branding, right? Where it's del- like. If you don't know what it's called, it's probably delicious. Right. But if you if you name it a certain thing as, you know, someone that's that hasn't grown up with it, you you come in with a certain set of expectations. Right. Yeah. Uh, really, really can't wait to hear what Molly thinks of egg coffee at some point, given our history <laughs> well, of bullet coffee and, and other things. Yeah, about I, I was going to say, I mean, that's the that's the if you called it butter coffee, like no one would have tried bulletproof at right. all. Right. That was that was the genius of their marketing. Well, folks, any of you who've had egg coffee or were willing to go try egg coffee, uh, let us know. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. Uh, we get lots of great emails there. And uh, let's start reading some of them now, starting with Fordo thinking Portugal is the new Iceland. Uh, Fordo writes, totally a thing. Everyone's vacationing there. Everyone's retiring there, talking about Portugal. It's all I've been reading about and hearing about in the last year or so, so much so that I finally had to go myself last month to see what everyone is so excited about. I think it's the new Iceland or is about to become the new Iceland. It's Iceland adjacent, if you will, just waiting for the spotlight to finally move off Iceland and on to Portugal. Remember when it seemed like so many of your friends and family were going on vacation to Iceland? Yeah, not so much anymore. Iceland's done. D-U-N, done. Over. Portugal, says Fordo, is where it's at now. So Fordo, my only, I have two issues, perhaps, not even issues, points to make. To, to this email. One, 
if you're going to say I'm in Portugal, send us a gorgeous photo and say I'm drinking wine in Portugal as I'm writing this email, I'm just going to say like part of me dies inside. I'm just I'm just going to say that when you send those emails, just know that I, I see these emails and it, I, I, don't, I, you I, don't like, live vicariously through Fordo. That's what that's what I, I got out of it. I I try to, but then I don't have wine or I'm in Portugal. Uh, so that, mm-hmm. that's the issue there. The other thing, though, is on a more practical note, I think one of the reasons, though, Iceland did take off is because Iceland Air was offering such affordable rates out of New York. Um, at one point, I think it was like less than $200, uh, uh, maybe one way to get to Iceland. And that's why it mm-hmm. seemed like to me, that's where I thought about doing a vacation there. Like I never had any interest in going there, but I was like, well, it's it's pretty affordable to do international travel. Like that would be really interesting to do. I wonder if maybe there is something like I haven't seen if, uh, you know, what the flights to Portugal are, but maybe there is something like that that's spurring this uh, or will down the line too. Okay, Boomer is blowing up. I see it everywhere. Brian and Fordo uh, sent stuff in. Uh, I've just started making up things on Twitter like, okay, greatest generation and (laughs) flower puns like, okay, Bloomer. Um, So, yeah, that's that's definitely I think think that one's already busted. I think that's a thing we called early enough uh, and is now imploding. We caught that just as the wave, or you and Molly caught that right as the wave was cresting on it, uh, which was brilliant. Um, Sean also has a new wedding thing he emailed us in. He says, good afternoon, Molly and Tom. I'm going to put in parentheses rich there since I am reading this. Uh, I just opened up yet another wedding invitation slash save the date. I have a whole thing about save the dates. Never mind. I now have three on my fridge. The thingness about the invites is that they are all magnets. No longer do I need to struggle to find room to stick the invitation. I just slap it on a metal surface and it stays. Magnetic wedding invitations are a thing. Thank you. And I'm going to say, Sean, you're welcome. Sean, thank you. Uh, I think Sean is kind of shedding light on another thing about it's a thing, which is if you're about to plan a wedding, you need to listen to It's a Thing. <laughs> uh, so if you know someone who's about to plan a wedding, give them all our episodes, like the last month of episodes, because they're going to f- mine it for a gold mine of, of, of wedding ideas, both both avowed ones like this and the donut wall and others where they just may like be like canned wine. That's what <laughs> will serve it. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Do we have to plan a It's a Thing wedding now? Well, we have to have the It's a Thing thing party party first. first. Yeah. Okay. Then we can have the It's a Thing wedding with the It's a Thing reception. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'll allow it. Uh, Fordo writes, Fordo subject lines, uh, cauliflower, rice, and mashed potatoes and kind of everything a pothead friend used to even use it as a bong decades ago, though I can't remember how, is the subject line. It was epic. Uh, Fordo says, you've probably already done cauliflower, and it kind of officially became a thing probably more than a year or so ago. I feel like maybe we did it in the early run of It's a Thing years ago. Uh, But Fordo says, it's been on my mind as a thing lately, and I actually read the back of the bag as I was cooking rice tonight and saw it officially declared as such. So if Trader Joe's even declares that it's an official thing, I kind of think it's an official thing. I mean, TJ's isn't as hip and cool as you guys. Thank you, Fordo. But they've kind of got it going on, don't you think? They know things. Oh, yes. Trader Joe's does know things. They they definitely are good at hopping on a thing right as it's cresting, for sure. And by extension, I get to see those things through Aldi. So I always appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, the cauliflower rice, um, that's kind of like my my gateway drug into the cauliflower expanded universe because I'm not like a big cauliflower fan. But you put that cauliflower rice with, you know, some, do like a stir fry or something with that. I'm eating cauliflower all day. 
Yeah. Cauliflower rice is uh, coming in my Tavalo meals quite often too. Ooh, yeah. I was going to say like rice to vegetables also, like maybe bigger thing is mm-hmm. is definitely going on. Yeah. Uh, next up here, we have a letter from Miss Music Teacher. Now, this is addressed to Molly. Um, I'm going to read it. She does also add in the salutation, and Tom and Rich, although this ain't your thing, I am totally with you on spiders. Hate them. But want to get, uh, but want to get past it. I have been known to stand, point, and do the oh so embarrassing spider dance while making other schmush vacuum the arachnid causing said spider dance. <laughs> I have seen a similar dance in my life. The worst thing in my life is when a spider shows its multi-eyed eight-leg itself in my classroom. Then I have to pretend like I don't find a, <laughs> don't want to find a flamethrower and barbecue the damned thing. Solidarity in arachnophobia. Thank you, Miss Music Teacher. Appreciate the disclosure. I have something for you, Miss Music Teacher, that I learned of on This Week in Science with Dr. Kiki, Justin, and Blair. Thebugchicks.com. Thebugchicks.com. The bug chicks go around teaching children about entomology, but one of their big things is getting you over of being afraid of things like spiders. So... Uh, they have a bunch of videos and articles and stuff, and and their site is partly you know aimed towards educators. So you know, don't worry about like, oh, I, I don't I, do I need to sign up for a class? But just you know, go into their videos and articles and, and start checking it out. Maybe that will help. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, because uh, I think I think everyone has a spider a f- spider. Not even arachnophobia. Like, I don't want to, you know. Uh, um, not a full on phobia, but there's the, we all go through a thing of like, ooh, I'm not supposed to like spiders. Yeah. Yeah. It's a culture. Or snakes, according to some musicians. Um, but that ain't what it takes. <laughs> I'm, I, that, that's the extent of my reference, Tom. That's the extent of my reference. Um, uh, and then I know finally, all the in, words to the Jim Stafford song, Spiders and Snakes. I apologize in advance. I only I only know that from the um, an MST3K reference from Warrior of the Lost World, and I don't know why it stuck with me all these I years. only know it from playing the 45 on WGEL 101.7 FM. Yours is much clearly much cooler time. Uh, and finally, um, the DLR in our Discord sent us in a thing and just wanted to run through it real quick. And it kind of goes with the whole, uh, you know, uh, sparkling water seltzer uh, thingness uh, that we've discussed, I think, a number of times on the show. Uh, but it's Coke's take on this and it's called Aha. So, OK, that's the name. Uh, but it's sparkling water with caffeine and electrolytes. Now, hmm. I he didn't send over the the like the nutrition facts or or whatever on there the back of that, but I would imagine the electrolytes that would add calories, right, Tom, to the I, whole situation. I would. Hmm, that's a good question. I, I do electrolytes have calories, or are they? Just, I mean, are they just like, like to potassium me? This was like and phosphates and. To me, this is like carbonated Gatorade with caffeine. Also, like yeah, a electrolytes carbonate- are just minerals. So if it's just electrolytes, I don't know that it would add calories i like i i appreciate coke hey coke good on you for getting away from the sugar water okay that's great um but my big problem with this is i go to the sparkling water so that i'm not drinking coffee because usually that's like the diet is like coffee morning caffeine yeah so the caffeine and and if it has does even have any kind of calories like that's like the other the bonus of it right is like you know, black coffee is pretty. I don't think what, you have to like worry about the calories. Cal- calories come from like, in, okay. you're thinking of like Gatorade is with electrolytes. Yeah, yeah. Gatorade also has loads of sugar. <laughs> and that's where it's calories come from. Uh, electrolytes, uh, okay. I, I just double checked are all minerals. So shouldn't have any. Mm. So 
you're just basically saying you don't want caffeine in your sparkling water because that's your, your antidote to to coffee. But someone who's like, man, I don't want to drink coffee. I don't want it to be a diuretic, although caffeine's a diuretic, so you're not going to get fully away from it. This is like, true. But, but like coffee is, but and I want to hydrate myself. Well, I'm, or somebody who's like, oh, I really love a Coke, but I want to drink something healthier. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but, I don't know exactly but, who this is for, but it's for somebody. Let us know who but, you are. Feedback at it's a thing.me. Calling it electrolytes is the weird thing because I would think call it minerals. Like to me, that that has like a little no, bit more no, prestige no. to no, it. No, electrolytes but, makes you think, ooh, ooh, it's like a, it's like Gatorade. It's just gonna, it, it's good for me. It, it'll yeah. replenish me. Yeah. See, to me, minerals, you get the San Pellegrino crowd mm. potentially in well, there. Electrolytes. Maybe San Pellegrino's take on sparkling water with caffeine and electrolytes. We'll mm-hmm. call it minerals. Mm-hmm. Then. Or I'm, mineral water. <laughs> Gee, what a, what a newfangled concept. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, big shout out to Mike Akins and Louis St. Amour who support us at the shout out level. Uh, thank you for listening to It's a Thing. You can become a member of It's a Thing, just like Mike and Louis. Uh, get access to cool stuff like maybe a shout out on the show, an ad free RSS feed, and more at patreon.com slash it's a thing. Uh, you can also email us uh, to uh, things to feedback at it's a thing dot me. Uh, full disclosure, producer Rich will see them. I occasionally will reply, uh, but uh, it's good times. I hope we helped fill that Molly sized hole in your heart a little bit this week. Next time, Molly will be here. We promise. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.